Welcome to the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast with DeAndre Koch, brought to you by Boldly Go. Beyond being the founder of Boldly Go, DeAndre has a deep expertise in financial planning through owning his own financial planning firm. This finance background has provided him unique insights, enabling him to navigate the travel landscape with ease and is considered a renowned travel hacker. On this podcast, we're all about assisting adventurous travelers and budding explorers in tackling their travel hurdles, teaching luxury travel hacking strategies, and highlighting the busy professionals that still find time and ways to get away. Expect travel tips, unforgettable destination stories, and guidance on maximizing your rewards points. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or just starting out, join us in exploring the best of global travel and become an expert luxury travel hacker yourself. This is your journey, but our revolution in the world of travel. The cost of a trip, be it basic or luxury, may actually shock you enough to make you rethink your plans. Enter DeAndre Koch. DeAndre has learned some of the finer points of travel hacking that could turn that dream trip into a more affordable reality. I'm Patrice Sikora. Look, DeAndre, I want to understand this hacking. What exactly is it? So, Patrice, travel hacking really is its the practice of maximizing travel rewards programs so that you can earn free or at least like substantially discount, discounted travel. Typically speaking, that's going to be related to your flights and your hotels, uh, right? But that could also apply to other travel-related experiences, opportunities like the ability to stay in lounges where you can eat and drink, you know, for free. Upgrades to a room um, so that maybe you're ba- you're paying for it at a very low level, uh, entry level rate, but you're getting you know as high as the presidential suite given to you, right? So it's it's basically getting a very high tier of travel for a very reduced, if not free cost, essentially. And there's a lot to unpack when it comes to travel hacking, like a lot, way too much for us to do in just one episode today. So I'm going to give the listener some actionable steps as we talk through this, just to make sure that they're, if they're saying like, okay, well, what do I do next? They have an idea of where to start, but we're going to really break down a lot of these concepts over the course of future episodes so people can really understand in a little bit more detail what you actually do to do an actual hack. The basic of it is how do I use reward and, and, and points essentially to get free or substantially discounted travel? All right. So rewards and points, that means credit cards, correct? Correct. So usually you start out with travel cards specifically and cards that oftentimes give you large signup bonuses. So typically, you know, they're going to offer 60, 80, 100,000, even 150,000 points. Now, the key here is you also have to understand the travel partnerships and benefits with these cards. The one thing I have to be very clear on, right, as a financial advisor is I have to preach responsible card use, mm-hmm. right? Interest is bad. Fees are okay interest is bad, right? So you really want to make sure that you have a good handle on your general spending because really the point is not to go out of your way to rack up a ton of debt and rack up a ton of spending on things that you're never going to buy or that you typically wouldn't buy to get these points. The key is to understand 
the card specifically that you're using and the rewards that you can get in certain categories, right? So, you know, whether it's gas, whether it's groceries, whether it's dining out, travel, there are certain cards that give you a certain amount of benefits when you spend in those different categories. And so your everyday spending is key mm-hmm. to understand and then understand where you should apply those cards to, to maximize your points. Now, again, you and, mentioned fees, though. I'm just jumping back. The fees are okay. You've got to pay a fee for the card, but that's okay. Correct. And so here's one of the things. If you're new to this, I need you to remove your preconceived notions around credit cards and preconceived notions around fees. Mm. I'm going to start by asking you this question, Patrice. If I said, Patrice, if you give me $100, I'll give you minimally 1200 to $6,000 back, would you do it? Why not? Right? Okay, I'm going to step that up. If I say, hey, if you give me $700, I'm going to give you minimally $2,000 to $10,000 back. Would you do it? Well, I sure sounds good. I think I, I just might look into that. Yeah. <laughs> right now, in normal days, everyone's probably uh, you know thinking everything's a scam, right? So if I actually were to say that <laughs> you pop off the street, you 100% would think I've been scamming you. And so I'm not advising you know you to just go off to someone off the street doing that. But that's how credit card fees work, right? So if you can understand that, hey, I'm going to pay a small price to get substantial value, that's where that can be very beneficial for yourself. And so the other piece is that people say, well, when I apply for credit cards, that lowers my credit score. Well, there's a few factors to consider in that as well. Typically, when you apply for a credit card, yes, that does ding your credit score a couple of points, usually not substantial, but at the same time, that typically drops off within a couple months, right? And goes back to where it was. So you're not tanking your score by applying for a credit card. The other piece is people think that using their credit card reduces their credit score. Well, there's something called utilization rate. And basically, of your overall credit that you have between all of your cards and everything, you want to be under 30% that you're carrying a balance on. So I bring that up because this is why you don't want to max out a card, go into debt, then you're making the minimum payments on that. That would be terrible for your credit. And I would never advise anybody to do that. In fact, all of the travel hacking and all the benefits really go away if you're paying a lot of money and interest on these cards because you're not able to pay off these purchases. So that's why it's really important to understand that. But if you get a card, and let's say your limit on that card is 10 grand, and let's say you only spend three grand on it, well, you're still under that 30% limit usage, especially if you have a bunch of other cards that mean your overall credit's 50K. Mm -hmm. But also, if you have a card that's 10 grand, And let's say you put 10 grand on it, but then you pay 10 grand off of it in that same billing cycle, your utilization is zero because they never, you actually never use any of the card, right? You put it on there and you paid it back off. So before we go further, it's really important for the listener to understand that you have to really remove the preconceived notions around credit cards and fees. And I know just as a financial advisor, I hear all the, oh, well, Dave Ramsey says this and Susie Orman says yes, says this. I get it. And for certain people, especially people that can't control their spending, certain people that their budget's very tight and you know maybe they're supporting a family of five on a single income, there are scenarios where this isn't applicable to everybody. Not everybody should have a credit card. But for those of you that do or are working on improving your cash flow and you want to eventually start getting into the travel hacking, you have to remove your, your notions around credit and how to use it. 
All right. And the, the thing I think that, as you mentioned, really needs to be emphasized, if you're going to put money on that card, make sure you pay it off within that billing cycle. Absolutely. And so you really have to get into the mindset of a travel hacker, right? And that's, and I know I'm leading into what travel hacking is, but understanding the mindset is really important because the first piece is you have to understand that credit cards are tools. They're not sources of instant gratification, right? So for someone that considers themselves a travel hacker, they're using a credit card to really be a tool and a resource for them and a means to an end, but they're not risking financial responsibility in order to do so. In fact, for myself, I maintain a very high credit score and I have business cards, I have personal cards, and I have a very high spend on cards. But I have a very high credit score because I'm still very financially responsible with how I use my cards and how I reap the benefits from those cards. So I'm not in massive amounts of debt because I'm trying to buy all these things, trying to max get points. And we're going to talk through how do you spend a little bit amount of money to get maximum value of points as well. And then also understanding patience and planning, right? This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Most of the times when you're traveling, if you want to go to Milan, you would go, you'd Google search a flight, you see the cost, you'd pay for it. It's instant purchase process. With travel hacking, it takes more time. It takes more research. It takes more strategy. But instead of paying for that $3,000 economy class ticket to Milan, you might only pay $100 and get business class. So I'd say the patience is very, very much so worth it. Oh, that pays off. I'll take it. Yeah, right. Who, yeah, who, would who wouldn't? Exactly. And so I know it can seem super overwhelming, but it's not once you take the time to learn. And to be very clear, this isn't like extreme couponing, right? Where I'm saying hey, you need to go to the store and buy 78 packs of juice, God. you know, to, to get a huge discount, right? And keep a whole cupboard or 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 bomb shelter full of, <laughs> you know, like the supplies, right? No, this is just taking time, being diligent, being resourceful, and understanding the process, right? Constant learning is key. There's constantly new strategies that are going to come out that we're going to talk through. And you want to think outside the box. And to be clear, you don't have to travel often to be a travel hacker. You might be an individual that only gets one trip out of the year or maybe two weeks vacation out of the year. Why not make that two-week vacation the absolute best vacation of your life? every single year, right? So it's not about, oh, I have to travel a ton to take advantage of this. It's I'm going to take advantage of when I do travel to make sure I do it the right way and the best way. All right. Now you've got some definitions. I have to learn definitions for this, huh? You're going to want to understand the terminology, right? Especially if you start joining Facebook groups and Reddit forums and all those different things. So the first one you're going to probably see a lot is sub, S-U-B. And that simply means sign-up bonus. So a lot of cards will have an expectation or a sign-up bonus that says, hey, if you spend this amount of money in three months, typically three, sometimes it's four to six, but usually three months, it could be 2,000, could be 4,000, could be 8,000, could be even 15,000. Right, But if you spend this amount of money and this amount of time, we're going to reward you with X amount of points. So a good example is you spend 4K in 30 months, you're going to get 60,000 points. Right, And so understanding that, okay, if I open this card, I have the ability through, again, normal everyday spending right, to be able to increase 
uh, or, or massively have an influx of points that have immediate value to them. Then you're going to want to understand the difference between points and miles. So most cards offer points. So Chase, Amex, Capital One, they offer points, right? Those points can then be transferred to airlines and other things as miles. So if you hear someone say points versus miles, understand that typically miles uh, applies to an airline and maybe their program or their status program, whereas points usually is tied to the credit card itself. And then the next piece is status. And so you can actually have status in a couple of different ways. So for me, a lot of the flights that I take are through American Airlines. I love going down to the Caribbean, love going down to South America, uh, and even can get across to Europe pretty easily on American Airlines. So I actually do work on getting some status with American Airlines because it does make the flights more enjoyable. I basically get the comfort seats for free. You know, I don't have to pay extra for them. I get priority boarding, all those different things. So I get status, but that's given to me not because of my card. That's given to me because of the amount of travel that I do on American Airlines and some of the other creative things that I do to hack my way into higher status with them. But then other aspects of status are given to you by certain cards. For example, uh, with the Amex Platinum cards, you get uh, Hilton and Marriott gold status, right? And so you're able to automatically have a higher tier status when you go into a Marriott, which makes you eligible eligible for room upgrades. You know, sometimes you know free water, free Wi-Fi, high-speed Wi-Fi, just a variety of different things that you get just by owning the card and walking through the door. So if you have the standard room and they have an upgrade available, you can get that for no additional cost. And that could be a room with a suite, jacuzzi, balcony view, you name it. But that's going to be where you're, what you're looking to attain, right? So there's status and there's from working for it or there's status that's given to you. All right. Do you mm-hmm. have to say, I have such and such status, I want an upgrade? Or will it be there in the computer for them to look at and say, ah, this person has this status, we should upgrade them. So majority of the time, they're going to already know if you've made your reservation under your Hilton uh, honors number, as an example, or your Marriott Bonvoy number, they're going to know what status you are. And so when you get to the room or when you get to check in, they're already going to know. And if it's available, they're going to uh, make it happen. Now, there are times where you could ask, they could say, hey, there's nothing available right now. You say, well, if I what if I delay my check-in a little bit? You know, Do you think anything's going to become available? Because what I mean by that is a lot of times when you do have status, you get early check-in, you get late check-out. I know with uh, some Hilton, Amex, Fine Hotels and Resorts, I am able to check out at 4 p.m. Right. Oh. Which I mean, that's that's an entire that's yeah. day worth exactly right. That's an entire day worth of activities, right? So now, if I'm staying in Germany, let's just say maybe I book my return flight instead of it being an eight a.m. or noon because I know I have to check out at eleven. I can book a five p.m. because I get to spend more time in and still shower, change, enjoy the hotel before I head out, right? But sometimes those early those rooms aren't available if you do check in early. So sometimes you do have to ask and say, hey, if I delay my check-in, can I get a room with an upgrade? Good to know. Thank you. And then the last piece that I want to make sure to really hit home on is redemption value. Redemption value is key. This whole game that we play is based on the redemption value of your points. So how much you redeem your points for. And you're going to see it used interchangeably. You're going to hear me use it interchangeably. There's two times or two X and there's two cents, right? That's the same thing. So what I mean by that 
is if you have 100,000 points, you want to get at least 2x or 2 cents of value per point. So you have 100,000 points. Minimum, you should get $2,000 worth of value from 100,000 points. Mm-hmm. Right. So redemption value is key. And so one of the things that's important to understand is never, and when I say never, I mean never, ever get less than 2x or 2 cents <laughs> of value per point. And the reason why is because a travel hacker is going to maximize their points and maximize the value from it. The average person, when they're using their points, they're getting anywhere from one per- one times or less yeah. to at best 1.5. Whereas I've redeemed my points where I've gotten seven, eight, nine, even 10 times the value. So my same 100,000 points that you have that you redeemed for $1,000 worth of value. Got a lot more, didn't you? You got a lot more. $10,000 worth of value. You got it. Show off. (laughs) (laughs) So so where do we begin with all this information? Yeah. So the first piece is you have to decide what card works best for you to start with. Again, don't have time to unpack all the pros and cons. We're going to do that in later episodes, but I would highly recommend that you start with either the Chase Sapphire Reserve or the Chase Sapphire Preferred Cards. Those would be hands down best starting cards for someone that's looking to start travel hacking and understanding travel benefits. Now, there's a fee, right? As I mentioned, so the travel safe Chase Sapphire Reserve fee is $550 for the year versus $100 for the preferred. And that fee can be scary, right? But there's so many benefits that you get. For instance, the Chase Sapphire Reserve with the $550 fee, I'm not going to go through all the benefits, mm-hmm. but they give you $300 in travel credits, right? So what that means is anytime you swipe your card, the first 300 you spend on travel, whether that's hotel, whether that's Ubers, airfare, Lyft, you name it, they're automatically paying you back for those expenses. So that's $300 gone. If you don't have TSA global entry or pre-check, they're going to pay for that uh, every five years. So if you don't have that, that's $100, 85 to $100 expense gone, right? So you can very, 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 especially in that first year, make up that $550 charge. DeAndre, do you have to spend a certain amount within the first year to get all these perks? No, you don't. That's the great thing. Within that first month, they're going to charge you that $550 or that $100, right? But you immediately get all the perks. You get immediately lounge access benefits. You get immediately the $300 travel credit, immediately the global Mm -hmm. entry or pre-check credit. You get all these credits and benefits immediately. They even have access to like Dash Pass. So on DoorDash, you get like the higher tiered, you know, preferred, you know, no service charge. So if you're someone that uses DoorDash three or four or five times a month and you're paying $70 in service fees every single time, right? That's a lot of times free. So you get all these values immediately. Now you do have to spend that, whatever that starting amount is in the first three months to get the points they'll dump on you but not to get all the benefits of the card itself. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so the reason why I'm saying to start there is because it's one of the easiest cards to start with and one of the easiest to try to your first transfer and first hack, which we'll talk about in the future and to get the hang of. And to be very clear, don't sign up for a whole bunch of cards at once. I want you to get start with one, 
get that sign-up bonus, start accumulating points. And then as you start to learn the process, then when you can start throwing in more cards that you can use the sign-up bonuses to really boost your points. Right. And and secondly, for my Amex friends out there, the next I would recommend would be the Amex Platinum or the Gold. Again, fees, almost 700 versus 250. So there are fees out there, but just understanding which card benefits you for the lifestyle you live is the most important. For example, Chase Sapphire Reserve offers three times points for dining out. Amex Gold offers four times for groceries and dining out. So let's just say you're a family of four and you spend a thousand a month in groceries naturally every single month, right? And you have the Amex Gold, right? Every single month, you're going to get four times a thousand dollars. So 48 or 4,000 points per month, which adds up to be 48,000 points for the year. A basic travel hacker could turn that that yearly spend of groceries, that 48,000 points into minimal $1,000 worth of value. Absolute minimum. Wow. I could probably turn that into $5,000 worth of value or more, right? So not going out, buying a ton more food than you usually would, just your usual grocery spend. And so if you do want a full list of recommended cards, you actually can sign up for our newsletter at boldlygo.world. And uh, you'll get a list of the top, I think it's uh, 13, 14 different cards uh, and kind of an order so you can see some overview benefits and those type of things and see overall what direction you should start going to and what card you should pick. But again, I would first start with Chase or Amex, preferably Chase, if you're brand new to this whole strategy. My head is starting to explode here. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Here's what you need to do, right? So you start with the card. The next, accumulate the points, right? So you want to hit the sign-up bonus that we talked about. Whatever your spend requirement is to hit that, you want to make sure that you hit that, right? And so in the meantime, make sure you sign up for all the benefits. So for instance, Amex Platinum gives you $15 a month for Uber and Uber credits. And then I believe it's $20 or $30 in December uh, in Uber credits specifically. So you get about $200 for the year, right? So you can't just sign up for the card and think you're going to have all these benefits automatically. You will, but you do have to actually go into the portal for the card to sign up so that you start connecting them to your Uber account, connecting them to your Hilton, your your Marriott, so you can start reaping the benefits that automatically come with the card. You know, If you have a trip coming up, look into the lounge access that you have. Now you can walk into a, to an airport, have a comfortable stay in a lounge, uh, not pay for food, not pay for drinks. right? And so you want to accumulate the points. Then once you're ready and you have enough points and you found the trip that you want to take, you're going to want to transfer the points to the right provider. Again, we'll go into a lot more detail on what that entails, but you'll want to transfer the points to the right t- provider. Mm-hmm. And just to reiterate again, 2x of value per point. So if you have 100,000 points, minimally, you should be getting $2,000 worth of value. A good hacker will get $5,000 worth of value. An expert will get ten to fifteen, sometimes $20,000 worth of value for just 100,000 points. And remember, there's cards that your sign-up bonus is 100,000 points, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine you spend four or five K, whatever it may be in three months, and then you can turn that bonus they give you into 10, 15, $20,000 worth of value immediately. It's not easy. It takes time understanding, but that's very doable. Well, that's a good goal to have. It is. And so the thing I want the, the listeners to walk away with is do not do what comes easy. What I mean by that is they make it <laughs> 
<laughs> so easy for you to use your points in all the ways you don't want to do, right? So you can go into the Chase portal and the Amex portal and they'll say, stay at this Hilton property. It's only 40 or 50,000 points per night or 100,000 points per night. And you're like, oh, I can easily just do that, right? Or credit statements, you know, you've got 100,000 points. We'll pay off your bill by $1,000, or even if you if you link your cart to Amazon, you go to Amazon, I'll tell you, use your Amex points, use your Chase points, pay for this purchase. I'm telling you, all of these things that are easy are what they want you to do so that you don't maximize value. So do not, do not, do not do what seems easy through the portal. I know that's counterintuitive, but trust me, with a little bit of patience and strategy, you can get so much more value. And so I actually have a calculator on the Boldly Go website. So if you go to boldlygo.world slash calculator, you actually will be able to know your point value at any time and your redemption value specifically. So you can actually put in there, you know, what, how many points you, you need to use, what the actual cost is, right? So if you had paid cash, what would be the actual cost? And you'll see what the redemption value is. And it'll actually give you an output and say, hey, if it's less than two times or two cents, they'll say, don't do this. If you're at five or eight, it's going to be like, hey, you're doing the right thing. If you're over 10, you're expert level, right? It's going to give you <laughs> feedback on where you are in that redemption process. The balloons start going up and little stars start flashing. Oh, you're you, an expert. Great. You got it. You got it. <laughs> All right. Now, this is a lot of information. Give me an example. How would you use this and turn it into something that was just stupendous? Okay. So if your head's not spinning yet... <laughs> here's a way to unpack all this and just kind of understand at a high level what a hack would look like. And I actually have it, this cut written out on the Boldly Go blog uh, as an example, um, but here's just an idea of how this could work. So first you just start off and you say, hey, I want to get the Chase Sapphire Reserve. And let's just say when you apply for it, they give you a $60,000 or 60,000 bonus points after you spend $4,000 in the first three months. Now, if you're lucky, you might get an offer for 70, 80, even 100,000 bonus points. But let's just say you have the standard 60. In those three months, you naturally, everyday spending, spend $4,000. Maybe you get a little creative on that. Maybe you go to a meal with friends and everyone's the, the meal tab for everyone combines $500 because you're with six of your friends or so. And you say, Hey, everyone, I'll pay for it. You guys just Venmo me. Right? So you're still pay. You're not paying extra, mm -hmm. right? But you're paying for the meal, putting on the card, they're Venmoing you. So you, maybe you get a little creative with it, but regardless, you hit that 4K number, you get 60,000 bonus points, not to mention the extra points just from spending the 4,000 in general, right? And so you learn the strategy on how to find the right flights for a trip where you want to go, and you find a business class trip from Atlanta to Frankfurt, Germany via Lufthansa, which is typically a $4,000 minimal ticket. Mm -hmm. You find that for 60,000 miles plus $100. Now, again, I said you have 60,000 points. This is 60,000 miles. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? Well, you say, I, this is a Lufthansa flight. I need to transfer my points from Chase that I just accumulated with the bonus points. I need to transfer it to Lufthansa. Well, unfortunately, Chase doesn't transfer to Lufthansa, but they do transfer to United, who is a Lufthansa partner. So you transfer your points to Chase. You actually book the flight through United directly, and you end up getting, when you do the math on this, so a $4,000 ticket that you spent 60,000 points plus $100 in taxes on, 
That's a six and a half times redemption. Remember I said you want to be minimally at two. This is 6.5, right? And so now you get to sit back, enjoy your weight flight to Germany. You paid $100 and you're going to have a business class seat with a turned into a bed on a 12-hour flight. You're going to get premium food. You're going to get premium drinks, premium service, access to the Lufthansa lounge. You're going to get a lot of benefits and additional travel benefits because of having that card alone, right? So all you did, you got a card, you got the points, you transferred the points, you took a trip, and you had a great time. So in the basics of it, that's how it breaks down. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. How would you know United was the one you had to transfer the points to? So there's probably a lot of questions there, right? Like, how did how did I know that you go through United? What if I don't live through live near Atlanta? What yep. if I need more points, right? Yep. How do I find a 60K flight? Because a lot of times if you look for flight rewards, it's 250K or 200K, right? There's, there's so much to unpack. And that's why you have to keep listening, keep following, subscribe, because we're going to unpack all these different strategies. So you're aware who connects to who, what cards connect to what, and what resources can help you expedite the process to really execute a proper hack. And we're also going to talk about basic hacking strategies as well. It doesn't always have to be complex. You could just say, you know what? I want to spend a night in DC or I want to spend a night in Vegas. And I found a hotel that I can get for 10, 15, 20, 30,000 points. It can be very simple as well. And so it's just understanding the breakdown. And so keep listening. We're really going to make sure to break all these things down. So a few action items here. First, Sign up for the right to travel card. Make sure it fits what your typical spend looks like. Make sure it fits your needs uh, and ensure that you can manage it appropriately. Again, if you need a, the full list of cards to look at, go ahead and if you subscribe on our newsletter, boldlygo.world will automatically email it to you and you can get the full list there. You're going to want to make sure, number two, that you accumulate the sign up bonus requirement. Right. And so, again, spend wisely. Be creative if you have to, but don't spend beyond your means to do this. Don't be in a place where you're going to be racking up a lot of debt. Imagine your card has a 20% interest rate. Imagine that's 20X, right? So you're not getting 2X of value or 20X of value, then 20% interest is not worth it, right? So do not, do not, do not rack up a lot of debt with this strategy. Understand that you do have to manage your finance as well, right? Right. Utilize your cards, number three, utilize your card's unique benefits. That's going to be very important. If it has lounge access, if it has uh, hotel upgrades, if it has food delivery service perks, whatever it may be, global entry, TSA pre-check, access to clear. There's so many different perks that different cards have that are out there that are huge. So you're going to want to utilize those benefits immediately. You're paying the fee for the card, get the benefits. They're worthwhile. Use them. And then remember when you're ready to use the points you've accumulated, you're likely going to need to transfer them to the airline or hotel that you're going to go on to work with. Make sure you only, only, only transfer if you get at least that two times of value or more. And so I know that's a lot, but that is the basics of travel hacking. So if you hear travel hacking, you're wondering, what is it? That is the basics of it. It's utilizing cards strategically, intelligently, and responsibly and using the points and values that you can get from them to get luxury travel at an extremely discounted rate, if not just free. DeAndre, this is like starting a whole new journey 
just on our own together here. And I hope all the listeners stay with us too, because this is fascinating. How can people reach you if they've got questions? I understand that this can be a lot. And for some people, they're just busy and they're like, hey, I get it. I can do X. I can do Y. I can do Z. I don't have the time to figure this out. I don't have the interest to figure it out. Well, no worries. On our site, you can uh, boldly go.world. You're welcome to reach out and contact us. Reach out to me directly through social media, um, through on all the channels, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. Feel free to reach out to me directly. But we do have our consultation service as well. So our consultation service is great because you can b- book a 30-minute or 60-minute time slot where I can unpack what you have specifically, what you're looking to accomplish, and give you very specific action items on what you should do. You know, X, Y, and Z based on your goal. Or even if you want more handholding. We have a full service kind of do it for me, stress-free booking service where we're not travel agents. So we're not going to book it for you, but we'll do all the research and find the exact trip and understand your points and, and work with you to make sure that you can secure the dream trip that you want to, to go where you want to go and understand how, what process you need to do to get there, whether it's through a new card you need to get, hitting the sign up bonus, utilizing the points properly, or more importantly, you already have the points, but you can't find the trip that you want to take. So we can unpack all those things for you and make sure you get the right experience. And very similar to the work I do in the financial planning world, right? We cater to each client individually. So we really try to listen, understand what are you wanting to accomplish and really make sure we can execute on it properly. DeAndre Koch, great stuff. Look forward to more. And listeners, remember to like, follow, or subscribe to this podcast. And of course, share it with others. Show them how much you're learning. And thanks for being with us. Thanks for tuning into the Revolutionizing Your Journey podcast, brought to you by Boldly Go. Hit that follow button so you don't miss out on new episodes. For deeper insights and to level up your travel game with our strategies, book a consultation with us. Head over to www.boldlygo.world to set it up and explore more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boldly Go. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The strategies and results referenced on this site, while proven, are not guaranteed. While most who apply the principles referenced will achieve similar results, you may not yourself. Your results will vary and depend on many factors that may be in or out of your control, but include factors such as your credit score, financial status, business experience, etc. It is your responsibility to consume and implement these recommendations at your own risk. We cannot be held responsible for any failure to do so.